Welcome to the Candida Chronicles with our host, Michael Biamonte, Certified Clinical Nutritionist. In this podcast, Michael will answer your questions and reveal the shocking truth that the cause of most chronic ailments is not what you've been told. The source is Candida, a yeast overgrowth which, when it becomes systemic, can cause all sorts of seemingly unrelated ailments such as chronic fatigue syndrome and even weight gain. For more information on how Michael can help you, please visit healthtruth.com, that's health-truth.com, or phone his office at 212-587-2330. And now, without further ado, Michael Biamonte. Hello, everyone. That's a wrap for this episode of the Candida Cross. With our podcast today. And uh, today we're going to be changing things up a little bit. We've been talking about Candida quite a lot in the podcasts. We're changing things today to cover something which is quite appropriate for the season. We're going to be discussing colds and flus. And we're going to be discussing in particular what one does to combat the cold or the flu. So the first thing we must understand in this subject is that a cold or a flu is a virus. The first thing I want to dispel here is this concept of taking antibiotics for a cold or a flu. This is absolutely ridiculous. Any doctor who offers you an antibiotic uh, when you have a cold or a flu is usually doing so to handle the secondary bacterial infections that occur when you have a cold or a flu. They're not doing it thinking that the, the antibiotic is actually going to attack the cold virus. If you encounter a doctor who believes that the antibiotic is going to affect the virus itself, uh, please find another doctor. It's quite a known fact that antibiotics have no effects on viruses at all. In the natural kingdom, however, there are quite a few substances which can be both antibiotic and antiviral simultaneously, but this is not true in the medical field uh, where we're dealing with pharmaceuticals. So the first thing to consider if you have a cold or a flu is that antibiotics are not going to help. They're uh, strictly for bacterial infections. A cold or a flu starts out as a virus, and the first let's say five days or so of having the flu or the, or the cold, you experience primarily viral symptoms. These viral symptoms usually are achiness, soreness, headaches, uh, pain behind your eyes, your eyes not being able to tolerate light. There could be quite a lot of fatigue there. Uh, these are the viral symptoms that begin the cold or flu. And in the second half of the cold or flu, you have a bacterial phenomena that takes place. It appears that uh, due to the weakened immune response and due to the fact that the viruses have already entered the tissues and started to cause the infection, you will get secondary bacteria, which will enter the cells and cause a secondary bacterial infection. Here is where antibiotics could be of some use because they can kill off the secondary bacterial infection that typically causes the green or yellow mucus discharge that you get from the nasal passages or from the lungs. 
Uh, we, of course, know in the natural field that these different stages, the first stage and the second stage, uh, can be ex expedited dramatically by taking the right nutritional substances. So what do we do to try to avoid the cold or flu? Well, the very first thing I would say is in trying to avoid coming down with the cold or flu during the cold or flu season, aside from the obvious hygienic issues, uh, which would be making sure you wash your hands and that you particularly wash your hands uh, very, very completely with soap and with some kind of disinfectant if you are in a major city and you commute on subways and buses. Uh, subways, buses, things like this are major areas where virus and, and whatnot will accumulate due to travel. So keeping your hands clean, not touching your nose, not touching your mouth, etc. can help a lot in getting rid of uh, the possibility that you'll contract a virus, which would be the cold or the flu. Carrying a hand sanitizer with you can be very effective as well because uh, it's sometimes people just automatically touch their nose and their mouth without giving it too much second thought. So if you make sure you have a hand sanitizer and you clean your hands periodically, you can reduce the possibility of picking something up. Now, as far as diet goes, probably the most important thing to avoid when you're dealing with a possible cold or a flu is the consumption of sugar. Sugar is known to lower your white blood count and lower your immunity. So most definitely you'd want to avoid sugar. You also want to avoid excess alcohol consumption, which during the holidays could be difficult. But a lot of alcohol also burns up vitamin C, burns up a lot of important vitamins and excretes a lot of minerals that your immune system needs. So this is a, another consideration during the holidays. As far as diet goes, uh, during the holidays, there are a lot of sweets at hand and a lot of alcohol, but also you'll encounter a lot of carbohydrates, which are not necessarily the best thing for your immune system either. Keeping your intestinal flora healthy is an important aspect of your immunity because the first line of defense your body has in its immune system is your intestinal tract and it is your intestinal flora. Taking a probiotic during the holidays is not a bad idea at all. It can help to uh, strengthen your intestinal flora and may help you to resist some of those microbes that get into your system. Eating foods that are high in probiotics, like yogurt, kefir, things that are fermented, very important in strengthening your own flora and thereby avoiding the cold and flu. Vitamin C, of course, is a standard. Many studies have shown that the supplements of vitamin C do help the immune system. Uh, so I would recommend during the cold and flu season that a person take a minimum amount of 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C per day. Now, if someone, however, is unfortunate enough to encounter the virus and not be able to shake it off, the arsenal that we have at hand in the naturopathic world is very, very impressive. 
the first and probably the foremost supplement that one needs to take when they, when they develop a cold or a flu is the zinc lozenge. A zinc lozenge is different from a zinc supplement. The zinc lozenge is formulated so that the zinc uh, lozenge slowly dissolves in your mouth and allows the zinc to absorb into your throat. One of the primary sites of infection for the rhinovirus, which is the basic cold virus and other types of viruses, is the throat. Particularly if you have a chronic nasal drip as a result of the cold or flu, the throat will be constantly bathed in the virus. So getting the zinc lozenge into you and allowing that zinc lozenge to dissolve and to coat your throat is extremely important. Many studies have shown that people who consume zinc lozenges will cut the time of their cold and flu by about half. Zinc is a highly antiviral nutrient, and when taken in the form of the lozenge, it's very effective at combating the cold and flu. Manufacturers make the mistake of putting other substances in the zinc lozenge to try to make it more effective. Like very commonly, they add uh, vitamin C and other herbs and whatnot. Well, I have to warn you that if you take a zinc lozenge which contains vitamin C, uh, this is a very bad product because the vitamin C is a chelator of minerals. And vitamin C will literally drag the zinc that's in that lozenge right down into your intestinal tract and never give it a chance to absorb into your throat. Now, this doesn't mean that taking vitamin C is bad when you have a cold or flu if you're taking a zinc lozenge. The vitamin C just needs to be in a separate product and should be taken at a separate time than when you're allowing the zinc lozenge to dissolve in your mouth. Uh, generally, most will agree that we want to take probably six zinc lozenges for the day total. Uh, perhaps take one every two hours and let it just gradually dissolve in the mouth. Second very important substance when dealing with the cold and flu is elderberry. And there are quite a lot of studies that show the effectiveness of elderberry on colds and flus. The elderberry seems to prevent the virus from permeating your tissues and to some degree replicating in your tissues. I've had uh, very good results in using elderberry in people with uh, colds, flus, and even in other viruses as well. Mushroom extracts, and in particular, I'm gonna plug a product here because it's the one I know of is the most effective. The product is called Mycoferon. It's made by the Metagenics Company. It, the formula was originally developed in China as a very powerful immune booster to deal with different types of cancers. And we found that in its use here in America, it's being sold and used more for colds and flus or any type of chronic suppressed immunity. It works extremely well. Uh, generally, 15 drops of microferon in a little water three or four times a day just gives your immune system a very good boost and helps you overcome the colds and, and flus that you'll get. Vitamin A is an unsung hero of dealing with colds and flus particularly water-soluble or mycelized types of A's. Uh, taking a standard vitamin A capsule is not as effective, although I would certainly do that if I had no other choice. 
The preferred type of vitamin A you want to take is a aqua A, it would be called. It's usually a type of vitamin A palmitate, and it's water-soluble. Any vitamin A which says water-soluble is one worth investigating. This type of vitamin A does not build up in your system. It's eliminated from the system. It doesn't harm your liver. And it's an extremely effective antiviral for the mucous membranes. Vitamin A easily can clear up the mucus that's being produced in the sinus and in the lungs. It can, it can dry it up, not because it's necessarily a substance which dries mucus, but because it's antiviral and it will stop the production of the mucus by the virus in the mucous membrane. And as far as the use of the vitamin A, I would say it's quite feasible to take anywhere between 25 to 50,000 units of vitamin A or more during each day for the time period that you have a cold or a flu, providing again it is the water-soluble type. Other types of liquid vitamin A like mycelized A and uh, the types that are sometimes offered in an emulsion form are more effective than the typical capsule, but they're not water-soluble and they can create vitamin A toxicity. So you must be careful not to take too much. Uh, the B vitamins, pentathenic acid and vitamin B1, also are good antivirals. They are very helpful. Pentathenic acid in particular was found to elevate white blood counts in people who are white blood count deficient. Uh, the range or the dosage that one would take of the pentathenic acid would be anywhere between 500 to 3,000 per day. And this is very effective in helping your immune system fight off the cold virus. Uh, many people have used and have found combinations of echinacea and golden seal to be effective. Echinacea is known to stimulate interferon production in your body, which interferon is a hormone-like substance which stimulates the production of white blood cells in your system. A particular substance, which you may not always find in the stores, called monolaurin, this is an ester of lauric acid, very effective against the viral conditions. It's more typically used in chronic viral conditions like Epstein bar virus or cytomegalovirus, but it's effective against all viruses. Monolaurin has a very interesting effect on a virus. It disintegrates the outside envelope or the outside coating of the virus that then allows the immune system to be able to tag the virus and then attack it to destroy it. Typical dose of monolaurin would be uh, six tablets a day or so. I believe capsules usually comes in, so it'd be Six capsules a day would be a typical dose. And this is also effective, as I said before, against other types of virus as well, not just the cold or flu. In fact, it's more frequently used for chronic viral conditions, things like herpes and Epstein-Barr uh, for mononucleosis. If one had it, taking large amounts of monolaurin on the onset of the illness would dramatically cut back the duration of the infection. So this also can be used when you have a cold or flu. Now, in monitoring or utilizing these uh, substances, there is one general rule that is always applied. 
these substances can be taken in large amounts how, uh, with the exception of beginning to develop a loose stool or diarrhea. That is typically your signal that you're taking too much of any of these substances, particularly vitamin C. When one has a cold or a flu, it's typical that you would take vitamin C, but one would take vitamin C to bowel tolerance. What this means, in fact, bowel tolerance means you take vitamin C until you get a loose stool or diarrhea, and then you start to reduce it until that loose stool or diarrhea stops. That's one of the most base ways to take vitamin C to bowel tolerance. There are a few different methods of taking vitamin C when you have a cold or flu or to build up to bowel tolerance, which essentially is a saturation point in your system. I, the easiest way is just to take it every hour and then once you start to get a loose stool, you cut it back to the degree that the loose stool calms down and you're, you're not as loose and it's a bit more solid. There are other ways to do it, which you can read about it online. I'm just gonna offer that way because it's the simplest. And doing that in conjunction with the other herbs and nutrients that we mentioned before can dramatically uh, handle symptoms and cut back the duration of the, of the flu. The base substances that people would take that would strictly be used as an antiviral substance to just cut down the duration of the cold or flu would be the zinc lozenge, uh, vitamin C, and extracts perhaps of the adrenal gland and pentathenic acid. In terms of dealing with specific symptoms, typically the zinc lozenge would be used if the person is suffering with sore throat. I would still recommend taking zinc lozenge when you have a chronic cold or flu, whether your throat is particularly sore or not, or not because it will still stop the widespread uh, replication of the virus. And that's a key thing with many of these substances. What they do is they're stopping the virus from being able to replicate itself. So the zinc lozenge is used when you have a sore throat. The vitamin A is typically used when you have a nasal drip or if you have a lot of mucus. The vitamin A will help dry that up. In the case where the person's very fatigued from the flu, Pentothenic acid or other adrenal preparations are used because that's, this is one of the key things that occurs when you have a virus is the virus will suppress your adrenal and thyroid function. So taking various adrenal preparations, typically pentothenic acid with some type of adrenal substance in the product helps to boost you up and helps bring your energy back up. That's very key when there's energy crashes during the cold or flu is that you take pentothenic acid with adrenal. There are additional substances which can be taken. Uh, the, I'm covering the key ones here now. And we also want to cover what, what happens in the second part of the cold or the flu, which is the bacterial stage. All of the substances that I've mentioned so far are most appropriate for the viral stage, which is the first part of the cold or flu, which usually lasts a week to seven days. When the person notices they're quite not as tired anymore or achy, but now they're getting a lot of discharge, particularly yellow and green, 
They're getting a lot of coughing, a lot of nasal congestion. This is where the cold or flu has entered the bacterial stage. The bacterial stage is quite different than the viral stage. As I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, antibiotics have no effect on a virus. So initially, when the person has a cold or a flu, the antibiotic is useless. If one wanted to take antibiotics or antibiotic-like substances, they're best used in the second phase, which is the bacterial phase. For those who are not going to take prescribed antibiotics for whatever reason, uh, different types of silvers, mild silver protein, they're called, are the best alternative. Silver is a very highly effective antibiotic. There are many different types of silver. I will tell you that from my um, experience, the types of silver which are more effective for the second stage of a cold or a flu tend to be the silvers that have a higher parts per million. Uh, these are the types of silvers which are more effective against bacterial infections. There do exist types of silver which are effective against viral infections. Uh, a particular product that I've used in the past is called Argentine 23. And the difference between Argentine 23 and a silver which is more for a bacterial infection is that an Argentine 23 type silver is a lower parts per million but a much smaller micron size. So in other words, the actual silver particle itself is very, very small much smaller than the type that you find in the, the products that have a higher parts per million. And that makes that silver a more effective treatment for viruses and for Lyme disease. But looking at the second stage of the cold or flu, the higher parts per million products are more appropriate. And generally, the higher parts per million products start at 100 and could even go up to over 1,000 parts per million. Garlic uh, is a very good antibiotic to use in the second stage of a cold or flu. Garlic is highly antibacterial. Um, it doesn't particularly destroy harmful flora. And it also, to some degree, has an antiviral effect, but I would say it's far more antibacterial and antifungal. The mineral copper is very important when you have a cold or flu, copper would be the counterpoint of zinc. What zinc is to a viral infection, copper would be to a bacterial infection. When you combine copper with vitamin D and with uh, calcium and thymus extracts, you have a, a combination of substances which are very antibacterial. In fact, the ways, uh, the, the manner in which some antibiotics work is to help mobilize copper from your tissues and sort of use the copper to electrocute the bacterial infection that's going on in your body. Uh, copper could be taken up to 15 milligrams per day. Uh, I wouldn't go past 15 milligrams per day for a sh the short period of time that you're taking the copper because if you happen to be copper toxic or if you're zinc deficient or if you have some other imbalance in your body that that would be inappropriate for taking too high of an amount for too long could possibly cause an overdose. If you take uh, six to nine milligrams per day for the four or five days that the bacterial 
part of the cold or flu would last, I don't, you're, you're apt not to get into any trouble doing that. And the copper is very effective to help destroy the bacteria. You, can, you could think of copper as the body's own natural antibiotic, especially when it's combined in the manner that I'd just gone over for you. So there we have the two stages of the cold or flu. The first stage is the viral stage. The second is the bacterial stage. Generally, the nutrients which are effective in both stages vary. But, however, there, there are some nutrients which can be used throughout all the phases. There's, it's a limited amount of them. Uh, but generally, the... Uh, microferon product I spoke of earlier, which serves as an immune booster, could be used in either stage. The echinacea herb can be used in either stage. When it comes down to silver, silver could be used in either stage, but particularly if you, in the first stage, use a lower part per million product, and then in the second stage, when you start to see the yellow and green discharge, you switch to the higher part per million. The, uh, among the nutrients, the different vitamins and minerals, uh, pretty uniformly they um, are categorically either viral or bacterial. Um, the only nutrient that, I, that comes to mind off the top of my head, which really could go in either category, would be pantothenic acid, which is vitamin B5. Vitamin B5 could assist either viral or bacterial infections. Uh, other than that, you can really delineate all the other nutrients into either being antiviral or antibacterial. Typically, how this would look is on the antiviral side, the key nutrients would be vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin B1, zinc. Those are your more anti viral nutrients. In the antibacterial side, we have vitamin D, calcium, copper, and vitamin B2. Those are the nutrients which tend to be the most antibacterial. Well, I hope this information uh, turns out to be useful. Remember, you can always come back and replay this broadcast when it's posted again on the website. If you forget any of this material, there's also a very interesting article on the website, which you can find if you go into the nutritional section and uh, you go into the archive section of, of the uh, articles there. The article is called Your Medicine Chest Can Be Natural. It covers a lot of this material and it also covers a lot of products that are available through our office and in health food stores, which can help with various symptoms and various stages of the cold or flu which are completely non-toxic. They're non-prescription and they would be categorized as naturopathic substances. And folks, that will do it for today. I hope you find this information useful and we will be speaking again next Tuesday to again continue the series of the Candida Chronicles. That's a wrap for this episode of the Candida Chronicles featuring Michael Biamonte, Certified Clinical Nutritionist. 
Michael holds a doctorate of nutropathy and is a New York State certified clinical nutritionist. He is a professional member of the International and American Association of Clinical Nutritionists and of the American College of Nutrition, and he's a member of the Scientific Advisory Board for the Clinical Nutrition Certification Board. For more information on how Michael can help you, please visit healthtruth.com, that's health-truth.com, or phone his office at 212-587-2330. Welcome to the Candida Chronicles.